Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today I am really excited to do a brand spotlight on TFT Woods, which stands for the Family Tree Woodworking. And it really, truly, I think, represents this brand very well. But I'm going to let, we've got two people on the podcast today. So I'm going to let Trisha and Zach Tift introduce themselves. Tell them, tell us about your business, um, a little bit about how you got started and all sorts of stuff. But this is an amazing, amazing um, company that I am happy to be highlighting and talking to today. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. So go ahead. Who wants to go first, introducing oh, themselves? I'm going to hop yeah. in. I'm Trish, Okay. And he's Zach. Yeah. And we're TFT Wood. <laughs> I love like it. Said, uh, we are. It stands for the Family Tree Woodworking. Um, and it really, we do kitchen gifts, gadgets, and accessories with a focus on wood. Um, yeah. We have an e-commerce platform presence um, online. So We've never had a brick and mortar and we kind of love it that way. It gives us a lot of flexibility Um, and the business really is rooted in family. So it was a natural fit for us. We get the kids out here every once in a while. They start sanding on some of the products. It's good. So, (laughs) Right. So Zach, I, the way I'm understanding it, you guys, you know, you're the dynamic duo together. You you guys started this business together out of um, sort of, you know, a, a lot of different reasons why you started it. It's a veterans owned business, which I always like to point out as well, because my husband also being a veteran and we have several veterans on our team. Um, but tell us a little bit about how you got started with this particular, like woodworking, the the craft of woodworking, and then kind of tell me, well, let's just start there first, because there's so many things I want to ask you, but let's just start there first with how woodworking specifically. Fantastic. So yeah, I actually started woodworking because we went to my uncle's house and he had some scrap wood at his house and walnut and he gave me these little pieces of walnut and I got back home and I said, I, I don't know what to do with this. What do I do with this piece <laughs> of wood? So I glued them together and called it a cutting board. Honestly, it was just scrap wood glued together, though. It was not anything fancy. Listen, it was fancy. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was fabulous. <laughs> what a gorgeous thing you just created from the garage. Like, what is this wood? What I love it. I love it. it it's but beautiful. Then, yeah, but then we'd have... Some friends over, friends would see it and they say, hey, can you make me one? I'd make them one. And then I'd make another uh-huh. person one and then another person one. And then finally I was like, hey, I got to start charging for this. What's expensive? And, and <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of blossomed from there. I made a, a dresser for our daughter, actually, that wow. movers during one of our mo- military moves broke. And I turned those in that dresser into two different nightstands and uh, just 
always building things really is how it's just a maker, I think at heart. This made sense to follow Mm -hmm. that passion and just kind of watch him do his thing. And everybody else loved it. So it was like, oh, this just makes sense. Like, let's do woodworking. Why not? Well, you know, I love that because so many of the businesses that listen to this and that we have, you know, worked with as well, the the business started out of a hobby or out of a need or out of something like all of a sudden you just like, hey, people are going to pay me for this thing. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) What? (laughs) Who does that? Like, this is amazing. So do you have a background in woodworking? Like, is that sort of, or is this just really passion project that has turned into this amazing business? I definitely don't have a background in woodworking. I mean, my dad's a plumber and I worked on aircraft in the military. So yeah. not wood whatsoever, but uh, I don't know. I like I like He's wood. hands on. He, yeah. just, he loves on building it. Whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. You're looking at building a greenhouse right before this podcast, actually. And uh, I don't have a yeah. background in greenhouse or, or <laughs> aqua, aquaponics. I don't, I don't raise fish, but hey, we're going to be doing it. That's we're going right. to do it. It's awesome. I love that. And I love that, like the, the, just the passion behind it has been able, you know, you've been able to turn this into something amazing. So let's get into a little bit of the nitty gritty about the business specifically. So how long have you been in business? Tell me about like, what are your offerings specifically with the business, but how long have you been, how long have you been in business? Let's start there. Sure. So we started uh, TFT Wood in October of 2016. So okay. we're five, almost six years now. Um, and honestly, like you said, it started just with making like a cutting board here and there and kind of evolved. So we would start with farmer's markets and take, you know, I don't know, cute little things that he made and yeah. see if anybody responded to it. I think we started yeah. off with little toy robots. The, those, those flopped. They didn't do anything. But <laughs> we, we made them and we brought them to the farmer's markets. And But I mean, it just evolved from there. Cutting boards. Uh, we make lots of cutting boards. We still do cutting yeah. boards, just not as many. Um, sure. To all sorts of things. I'm working on a chessboard behind us now, but our main staple product, though, is right. herb. That's our herb stripper. And it was a perfect fit for farmers markets since folks okay. are going to buy fresh produce. We had to come up with something that would complement the folks that were already there in the right yeah. price point. Yeah. Um, and so we came up with a wooden, eco friendly herb stripper, which was like, Perfect, right? It's a great price point. It's a complimentary piece for anyone at a farmer's market. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was just a great fit. And we kind of snowballed it and put a patent on it. And it's been a whole process and yeah. distributing it yeah. as far and wide as we can throughout the U.S. And then the in uh, 2020, when we stopped going to farmer's markets, we moved to e-commerce and started, yeah. uh, started well, selling that there. was. That was a great transition question that I was just going to, I was just going to ask you so many business owners, you know, had to sort of move into that space, you know, given 2020 and a lot of businesses start at farmer, farmer's markets or flea markets, or they start with friends and family or hobby projects, whatever it might be. And I know a lot of people, you know, were selling online during or before COVID, right? They were they had maybe a presence online or they had a we shop had an Etsy or store before then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So a Nazi store or, you know, or selling off eBay even to a certain degree or had this, you know, maybe smaller presence. But then, you know, here comes 2020. You can't have any, you know, farmers markets aren't happening or you're not going to all of the things you used to. And now you're forced kind of into this world of being online. Tell me a little bit about what that was like for you guys as you know, all of a sudden you're here. We don't have any other place to go. We're online now. Guess what? (laughs) 
<laughs> that was honestly, it was it was tricky. But Zach had the realization, like once things started to shut down, and they shut down real quickly for us, right? He said, well, what would happen if we took the funds that we typically would spend to be a vendor at an art show or a farmer's market? And what if we just put that in marketing? So, I mean, we would have spent it anyway, right? So why not see if we can't do something with it? So that was really a turning point for us. We took our website off of uh, Etsy so we would have more control over, you know, who we're funneling there anyway. If you're going to spend marketing dollars really... You, you should spend them on purpose, you know? Yeah. Um, so we migrated over to a Squarespace and we quickly learned that that wasn't the right home. So for us, we landed on Shopify. It's mm-hmm. great for e-commerce. It's super user-friendly. And so that is where we kind of like refocused those dollars and yeah. then pivoted into Facebook and Instagram marketing. Yeah. And we really kind of put those dollars, I think, in those buckets. Yeah, we jumped all the way in, actually. We, did. we uh Once we, we did some tests, uh, you know, $5 a day, $10 a day, and then it started working. And so we're just like, all right, $800 a day, whatever, yeah. you know, started so jumping scary. into it. Uh, Terrifying and, sometimes, right? It is, it is, especially as a small business. If we don't spend a dime unless we know it is going to be coming back. Uh, right. If we... If we just spent on brand awareness, they, people like to call it, we would, yeah. we'd go out of business. Uh, so, because- and, and things like that are important, but I can't yeah. justify the dollar being spent for that. So I'll use an organic approach to that, whether it's just posting on reels or short form or using a Pinterest board so people can actually find the product while they're searching and kind of like back into it. And then they start saying, why is this herb stripper following me around? Why is this ruby everywhere? I'm like, I don't know. You probably need one, right? Like, come to the website. We'll tell you all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So they all kind of played together. Um, so do and- you have a do you have a background in marketing or how do you did you just kind of like try this and our, and our do background some is losing a lot of money in, oh, in marketing <laughs> and realizing oh hey we shouldn't be losing money Don't. right and so we just kept on adapting honestly yeah. no it. background on it whatsoever I, I used to be an auditor and I'm like an, a numbers geek like yeah you could yeah in a cubicle with a ten key and leave me alone for eight hours and I'm in there, like <laughs> that's I, I really enjoy it. that like it's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't love people. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> works okay. out great for both of you. <laughs> right? Like we just, we've, we've we failed up, forward a lot. Yeah. We came up with our own formula, uh, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, our own formula for any ad that we're going to create as far as certain key points you want to hit and everything too. And so right. whenever we're making an ad yeah, or we sit getting ready to it. push it, yeah, we, we look at it, right, did we do that? Okay, good. Did we do that? Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we have, we have listeners, I kind of mentioned this before, kind of at all stages of the business, right? Like, so from very beginners to those that are making millions of dollars, but if you could turn back the clock and, and share, like, what advice would you give yourself when you first went on this journey? Now, maybe not when you first started like way back, but let's start from like the COVID age of when you first got online. Like what is some things that you like when you first started, man, if we had done this different, because we all fail, we all have moments of failure. We all, we all, I mean, that's just part of it. I think running a business, but like, what would you do differently uh, what advice would you give if you were just starting out knowing what you know now? So I think two things. I would ignore industry standards for metrics because um, yeah. they don't mean anything, I don't think. Uh, for 
every business is a little bit different. A good conversion rate might be one thing for somebody and to- something totally different for another business, you know, even mm-hmm. though they're in the same industry. So industry standards were nonsense. We, we kept uh, shooting for things or we would say, oh, that we're, we're way above on that standard. But no, it doesn't matter. It's uh, yeah. Always shoot for better. Uh, always shoot for better, and constantly streamline different things. Um, mm-hmm. For example, we we're constantly going through our website, pretending we're a customer, and clicking mm-hmm. through every step to make sure that there's nothing that would stop somebody. So, I would say ignore standards and not just always shoot for being better in every way. Uh, and then also for the advertising, I think we drug our feet too long. To be honest, at the beginning yeah. of it, we we okay. kept testing it and testing it just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, which. We didn't know anything, so that's why we did that. We we knew absolutely nothing. Like like I said, no background in marketing, so we yeah. were we didn't know what we were doing. So we we're testing it, but there was definitely a point where we saw it was working. We, we could have just in. jumped in and dumped two thousand dollars a day into it and yeah, made a lot more money. I mean, sure. but uh, it uh, it is what it is. It's a tricky yeah, balance. Yeah, we learned. Too. <laughs> yeah. You know, hindsight obviously is twenty twenty. And when you are a small business, we didn't take on any loan. Everything we've yeah. ever done has been like, okay, it's gotta, it's gotta return something. Otherwise, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot here. Like, yeah. it yeah. makes no sense. Um, so it is important to be cautious, but at the same time, you have to be a little bit brave and just yeah. go out there. If you know your creative is strong and you know that people love the product. Uh, or service or whatever it is, then get out yeah. there and tell them. Like you have to be really direct. Like come buy this. Come. Oh yeah, more. don't hint at anything. You can't that's hint. Sure. You can't be afraid to be subtle. You have to give those directives. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, like, it's, you're you just need wasting this because money. you need it. And if you don't have it, your life will be miserable. No. Right. <laughs> very very straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, you know, direct response copy, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of times we, we, I was, I was just talking to somebody else where I was saying, you know, there's parts to your business that seem very intuitive to you. Like, Hey, I'm selling a product. Come buy my product. Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. people buy my product? This is a product I'm selling. You would mm-hmm. buy it. But unless you actually ask for the sale, sometimes people don't, I don't know, naturally, intuitively think, oh, I should buy the thing, right? So you have to kind of give it to them in a way that makes it so that it's, one, it's irresistible, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people need an an, an wood herb, you know, container type thing? Like, I wouldn't naturally, but if you told me I needed it because this is what it does, then I'm like, oh, I do need that. I do like that thing. I do, do, you know, so sometimes we do have to be a bit more directive than you think you did. So I love the fact though, too, if you have have an impulse buy, like price point, impulse price point, then don't be afraid. Just be extremely direct. You need this because you need it, you know, whatever the justification is. If you have something that has a higher price point, where they yeah. might have to think about it for a little longer. You might might need a little different approach. But yeah. if you have an right. impulse price point, I mean, you can go yeah. all the That's why yeah. we priced ours at what we did. <laughs> why we That's chose that good. Product. That's great too. I mean, pricing it for the market, right? So pricing mm-hmm. it so it's not so far out of reach. Mm-hmm. You know, you said, you know, jump faster maybe and and don't yeah. be afraid. If, if you see something working, go for it. And then kind of use measurements as as a guide rail maybe and then but don't use them as the only tipping point you know make sure that you're focusing on what's good for you and what's good for your business and moving forward I think guardrails for industry standards for people who don't have any 
context of industry standards or don't have context of what is good in the market, I think it does sort of help you with those guard rails to a certain degree. But I've seen mm -hmm. stores that are converting at 20%. And then I've seen stores that are converting at less than 2%, both making lots of money, but very different industry standards, yeah. so to speak, you know, and, and they're doing really well. So I like, I like how you kind of thought about that, but Okay, let me ask you another question along those lines. So if you're talking about what you could have done different or what maybe so on and so forth, have you ever created anything or maybe done something where, and you maybe mentioned this at the beginning, but you, you know, absolutely loved it. You thought it was the best thing ever and you worked on it, but maybe like it tanked at the end. Like you loved it, but nobody else loved it. And what did you do about it? Can you see him smiling? So obviously <laughs> audio y'all can't see necessarily, but um, he's, I'm guarantee you laughing so hard inside. That's literally everything we ever come up with. I am <laughs> so excited. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fabulous. This is why I'm super excited. Like, Who wouldn't want this beautiful, like astrological display oh, on their yeah. cutting board laser etched with their astrological sign like I want this why wouldn't yeah, anybody else yeah. like do we really have to go down this road yeah we do so can you just humor me create it. Love it and then when it flops in four months I promise to be quiet then but you're sometimes gonna have to it works to work credit though sometimes it works I mean our yeah. stripper started off like that oh, I yeah. said no I said this is this is dumb I wouldn't use it but she would yeah. I'm, like, I'm not the me. audience. I'm we not can the customer. Do this. She, she is more yep. of the customer. Yep. If yep. you had to spend 45 minutes stripping cilantro off of its stem, you'd be like, man, I wish I had a tool for this. And I'm like, oh, yep. I can help you. Got it. Yeah. Or those robots. Those robots we thought were great. Oh, Our kids so loved great. it. Our kids loved the little robots. But I think we sold a total of like two of them, you know, yeah. so it was, it was, we right. gave away a bunch of them. But, yeah. Right. Right. So testing and, and adjusting is just yeah. kind of part of the norm with you guys, right? Oh, like yeah. you, you, you've made plenty of things and, and maybe not worked out so well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. All right. So let's, let's move into a little bit more about, you know, some of the things that you've learned along the way. We kind of talked about this a bit at the beginning of, you know, maybe what you could have done different or what you did do, but like the journey has been long. Being in business since 2016 is no joke. And some people may be like, oh, well, that's not, you know, but it is. If you give, you know, kind of the thought that most businesses don't even make it past the first year, right? Yeah. A lot yeah. of businesses don't make it a year. A lot of businesses sure don't make it to the three-year mark and making it to five years, you're kind of in the top tier, right? And so it does take gumption. It does take, I think, sort of like this mental bandwidth to be able to keep on keeping on. And all of us suffered, we'll call it suffered through COVID of, you know, being business owners, myself included, lots of people, mm -hmm. very challenging, really having to adjust your business. But what, like, if you could step back in totality, what is probably the most important thing that you've learned along the way, you know, so far? I'm sure there'll be many more learnings that we'll all have as we move through these next years. But right so far, yeah. what is it? So honestly, for me, it's consistency. It's mm -hmm. really hard, whether it's showing up on a social platform and like just being there, reminding people every single day when you think not a single person is looking. No one yeah. cares. No, like you know, you're not going to necessarily have this high volume of sales every single day. Right. Uh, it's hard to get up every morning and be like, well, I'm going to just do my best again and see what happens. Like, 
Yeah. It, it can be really like mentally exhausting, um, which Zach's really good at. Like, we have to take Sunday off. We have to for your sanity, for my sanity, for the family, for the kids. Like, we need that decompression uh, mentally so that yeah. we can stronger and show back up on Monday morning and give it our best. Um, and there's a lot of times where I'm like, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, yeah, it's a lot. We have four kids. We're living off grid. Like we're doing a lot of things outside of the business um, mm -hmm. and we don't have employees. So it's just mm -hmm. the two of us running literally all the things. So showing up is still important. And it's um, it's something that I have to work on all the time. But I mean, that ties right into what I was going to say, though, the, the consistency. But consistency in marketing also like uh yeah. and not just um so social media that it is marketing that that mm -hmm. is what it is you know um mm -hmm. you're marketing yourself you're building brand you're you're getting the word out there for people to hear about you and so you got to stay consistent on on doing it so don't take marketing for granted i think that's, mm -hmm. that's yeah when we first started definitely we marketing was secondary our, our marketing was showing up at a farmer's market mm -hmm. there other than sure. that yeah. there, we did nothing extra yeah uh and so uh, just having that constant presence makes a huge difference. I think also having just our feet in like a couple different buckets, right? Sure. Like diversifying when, the revenue stream. Exactly. So yeah. when COVID hit and we're like, oh, we can't go in person. We can no longer educate these people. So where are where are our people going to go? Like yeah. we thought we knew who our people were because that's yeah. who we were, you know, um, interacting with on a daily basis. Well, when we pivoted online, those are not the same people that shop with us. Never now. assume you yeah. know who the customer is actually. Like, yeah. We, right. we thought we knew, but no, we didn't. Right. Yeah. right. Well, and I think, you know, too, a lot of us, when we have in person or, you know, people for, you know, brick and mortar businesses or people who have the ability to kind of talk to, other customers, right? Or you can sell your product live or in person. Somehow mm -hmm. they think like, well, there's that's the only way you can do it, right? Like that's the only way that you can sell. And I think social media is really the door into your business. That's how I look yeah. at social media is really mm -hmm. like if you don't have a brick and mortar business or you don't have a farmer's market or you don't have something in person, which a lot of people don't, mm -hmm. the majority of people that are in this online space don't also have a brick and mortar or something else. They're only just selling from an online store. They don't look at social media that same way. They look at it as a burden or they look at it as a, and I always think of it like if somebody was going to walk into your store in a brick and mortar, that is how you would sell it, right? That's how right. you have to sell it. And you yeah. have to think about your social media or any marketing as that's your storefront. That is your yeah. walk in and here's welcoming to let me show you around. Let me tell you what this is all about and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. I hate social media. I, I, I say this all the time. Like I'm a marketer through and through, but I hate social media. I don't want to show up on social media every day. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, it's just like what you said. It's just kind of like, oh, you got to keep motivating yourself to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you keep yourself from being in those slumps? What are some things that you guys, because you're together, is it because you like, what do you do to kind of keep yourself from, from getting demotivated? Honestly, we are a really good team. So like we know, okay, we have four kids, right. And they're all 12 and younger. So in the morning is when I show up for social media. I post my reels. I do whatever it is I'm going to do on my YouTube, my TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest if I'm doing it. 
eight in the, at like seven thirty to eight in the morning. I take all the kids to school, my time. and she's home okay. by herself. That's yeah. it. It's so, a routine. Get a routine. <laughs> yeah, a routine. I've got thirty routine. minutes to really yeah. get it done. Uh, if it doesn't happen, then maybe it doesn't happen until way later because there's too many other things. So yeah, we do stick to that. Um, I think honestly, we talk about everything probably over than like more than we need to. Like yesterday, we had yeah. a we're like, why are we even talking about this? We've spent like 35 minutes talking about this. We could yeah. have just done what we were proposing to do. I'm like, but we have right. to think it through, right? So we work really well kind of as a back and forth. Like this is sure. what I want to accomplish. This is the goal that I'm trying to achieve. Do you think this is a good approach or is there maybe a better way to do this or would you do mm-hmm. it differently? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know how I feel. And yeah. most of the time he's like, so I like where you're going, but what if we try it this way? And yeah. we have a lot of back and forth, whether it's social media presence or uh, an email we're going to put out or a new product, literally anything we're doing. It's very much like a, a back and forth. A On a business take. standpoint, we're polar yeah. opposite, opposites. And so yeah. uh, she she's always concerned about how people are going to feel when they read an email. I want to see how quickly they can get to the buy button. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's a good I get mix. It. <laughs> I understand balance, that. Yeah. You have to balance. Yeah. So. yeah. 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 Well, that's that's really good. I mean, I think having someone else there to be able to talk things through with and to be able to talk to or to bounce ideas off of. Do you have you have you guys ever had like a mentor or anyone in the industry that you've sort of looked up to or have you guys kind of always been each other's best mentor role model? So I think it kind of depends like for like I'm thinking of Donnie, for example, sure. we have a friend of ours who is in the woodworking space and he does amazing social media uh, content. Yeah. So his marketing, it's, it seems very natural, very organic to him. You get a glimpse of who he is as an individual and you can yeah. see all the amazing things he's doing. And so I kind of look to him and he's, he's a really great guy. I, I'm able to reach out and say, I'm really struggling with this. Like, what should I yeah. do? Or like, what yeah. have you done that's, that's working right now? Because stuff I did three weeks ago is no longer working. So right. something changed somewhere in a platform. Um, so he's been somebody that we can talk to, but I don't really think. Other than that, I mean, mentor, I've always said, uh, I think people that look for one person as their mentor are going to have a really hard time. Mm -hmm. People can be a mentor for one aspect uh, and that they're, they're good for that one aspect, but don't go for, go, don't go to them for another aspect because you're going to be wasting your time. Uh, So diversify your mentorship. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I mean, I've always said like, you need to have somebody who's really good at this part of your business, somebody that's really good at this, somebody who's good at life, somebody who's really good at, you know, yeah. all the things. Cause I agree with you. I, I think you can get very pigeonholed into one way of thinking as well with one mentor or yeah. somebody that you just look at for this thing. So diversifying your mentorship, I think is awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So as we kind of wrap up here and we start to think about, you know, what, is on the horizon for you guys. So like, what's next? What's your new thing that's going to be coming out or where are you taking your business? Kind of give us the like, what's going to be coming? What's happening? So we have one thing that's on the horizon. It's it's a little ways out there on the horizon, but uh, we want to pursue it more and develop it more. Technology and uh, culture has to catch up a little bit more, I think. But VR, the VR mm. and uh, AR world, I think e-commerce, the one thing it's lacking is being able to see it in real life, hold it, 
feel it, that connect kind of thing. Yeah, it. connect with it, see what it looks like in your house, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, with technology like Ray-Ban stories, those sun- sunglasses yep. or regular glasses that have the cameras built into it, it's only another relatively small step before the AR gets into it. Yeah. And then make it where it's actually MR, the mixed reality, where it's not just a ghost figures going around, but where it's just how, how great would it be to be able to create that brick and mortar essentially Mm -hmm. in those augmented or virtual spaces, you can still create that intimacy that you would have had if you were still going to art shows and markets or whatever, um, and give people a a place to land when they find out about your product. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to learn about the maker. Hey, I want to learn about how this beautiful cutting board is actually handcrafted. Cool. Yeah. Come on into my shop. You can, you know, 360 view it and kind of well, see. Well, that's what I was just thinking. Like, how awesome would it be if I could like walk into your virtual reality store and watch you do this woodworking stuff and yeah, watch you actually plan, yeah. put it together and do all these things? I mean, I think virtual reality and, and AR is like something coming for sure. And I love yeah. that you guys are thinking about it. I love that you're, you're, you've got it on your plans and that it's something that you are definitely, because I agree with you, Zach, I think that the, we're going to have a place in, in our world where this world is not going to be the same anymore, right? Like we're going to create this world where people are going to go to these stores that are not really stores. They're this like yeah, sort of so virtual right. reality. We're going to want to come see you up there in Montana, in Montana, quote unquote, I'm doing yeah. air quotes as if people can see that, but you know, <laughs> it's like people want to go see and have that experience and are going to want to understand it a lot more. And so I think virtual reality is definitely where things are headed. I think yeah. it's great that you guys are thinking about it from an e-com perspective and, um, That'll be really exciting. It would be really cool to watch you do some some woodworking and to see your shop and to have all that kind of stuff for sure. Like a total immersive experience, you know, (laughs) and then it gives value to what it is that you're crafting anyway. So it's a win-win. Exactly. So exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Well, if people want to come see your products right now and they want to find out more about you and and where they can, you know, see this amazing craftsmanship, where do they go and how can they how can they find out more? Yeah. So you can just go right to our website. It's just tftwood.com. Nice and easy. Um, We are on Facebook and Instagram. It's TFT Woodworking, I believe is the handle on those. Um, YouTube, TFT Wood. TFT Wood on YouTube. TFT.wood. Yes. All sorts of stuff. We're on all of them. Just start searching. On all the platforms. We'll drop them in the show notes for sure. Uh, Yeah, we'll drop them in the show notes and make sure. But the website is uh, tftwood.com. So make sure that you go and check out their things there. I think that would be amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show today. It has been amazing. I always love highlighting brands that have continued to grow and scale and have made it through. Um, you guys do amazing things. They're, they're beautifully crafted. So I love it. Um, go check them out. It's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.